everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We have a great show today. March is Women's History Month, and uh, we've got a lot of powerful women. I'm surrounded by powerful women in here. And speaking of powerful women. Yeah, but everybody's really quiet. My, I feel like March is Women's History Month. Everybody you know should what? have been like, woo! Uh, no, March no, no. is Women's it's, History it's, Month. It's when you guys are quiet that I get intimidated. Uh-huh. Nikki wants to say a couple of things. Go ahead. Okay, so we've got a couple of things going on in and around the city this week that I don't want people to miss. And just before we get on the show, first of all, Big in Japan is happening at the Shell. So Scott Renaud, Danny Lee, Katsuya, Jamie Leeds, who's here in studio, they all went to Japan together and they are doing this amazing dinner on Tuesday night. So you need to get tickets. There's not a ton left. Uh, all the information, of course, is on the list, areyouwanted.com. And also, um, if you are a Black-owned business If you are a vendor or somebody who's looking to work with Black-owned businesses, there is this amazing event going on in Crystal City um, at the Hyatt there, and it's a Black-owned business vendor showcase. It's on February 28th. They're bringing together just amazing people, lots of mentorships, and lots of great panel discussions. So if this is of interest to you, again, go to thelistareyouwanted.com to find out more about it. Lastly, for all the goods, follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on all the platforms to stay up on what I'm doing. Okay, hit it. All right, so as mentioned, it uh, marches Women's History Month and appropriate to the show. Uh, our guests are all women who are success Yay. stories. Woo! Now the party's hey, started. Hey, somebody's trying to do a radio show here. <laughs> Anyways, but all these women are success stories in the restaurant and broader hospitality industry, and they're all deeply involved with an organization called Regarding Her. Some of them were actually elemental in the founding of the organization. And it's a national nonprofit that focuses on accelerating the growth, and that's the business acumen, et cetera, of women entrepreneurs and leaders in food and beverage. So we're delighted to have everybody here. All right, and let's hit who's in studio. Okay. So our, except, well, Mary Sue Milken is not in studio. She's Zooming in from L.A., but she's one of the creators of Regarding Her. You know her. She's like a... James Beard and Julia Child, award-winning chef and cookbook author, blah, blah, blah. We know all about Mary Sue, but we're going to talk to her first. And then let's talk about who else is in studio, David. Well, our drink segment today is a twofer with wine and cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend uh, of many years, Diane Gross, who's co-founder with her husband, Khalid, the coolest guy on earth, mm-hmm. along with Kyle Bailey, mm-hmm. um, uh, of Cork Wine Bar and Market on 14th Street. She's brought in some great wines for us to taste. And she's celebrating 16 years. In Cheers bu- to that. In, in business. Woo! In business. She's a little older than 16 okay. herself. But okay. with her. She, the, 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 the big cheese is here. Cheese Margaret Alice Bergen is here. Uh, she owns a business called Cheese Monster. And uh, we're going to hear all like about Cheese Monster. I feel like when you say that, you should feel like, Cheese Monster. Yes. Can I just say what a friend we have in Cheeses? Okay, there okay, we go. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yes, we. And of course, Mary Sue Milliken is with us. Vivian Bang is the owner of, I want to say it right, Le Musubi. Yes. I did it. And okay. it's so gorgeous. She's of Korean descent, but raised in Georgia. So everything she does has a hint of, uh, she calls it Southern love, including her favorite childhood snack, handcrafted musubi. And I'm going to save that surprise. For her to tell you what Masubi is. Uh-huh. All right. 
And she's back. I think she gets her jacket on this show. I know. It's been a minute. Jamie Leeds is an old and good friend of ours on the show. You know her as the founder and operator of world-famous Hank's Oyster Bar. Best fresh and fried oysters ever Mm -hmm. in the world on this planet. Um, Anyways, Jamie was elemental in the the creation of regarding her. And uh, she'll tell us about that. And she's also got a series of collaborations coming up to celebrate Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. I'm getting poked. Because you're um, taking too long. Let's go. Oh, I am? Okay. Mm-hmm. Also here is Patrice Cleary. She's chef owner of Purple Patch Restaurant. And uh, her claim to fame is that Tom Tsitsumba and the Washington Post uh, awarded Purple Patch the distinction of restaurant of the year in their Yay! recent dining guide. So Not excited. bad. And wrapping it up is our dear, dear friend, Tiffany McIsaac. Uh, I was going to say late of Buttercream Bake Shop. Which, Aww, meh, all right, so good. But anyways, <laughs> she's like, oh, we, but we can mourn its loss. Yeah. It's okay. But Tiff is here. She's going to wrap up with information about what's happening across uh, Women's History Month uh, and uh, where to go to get tickets and all that stuff. All right, Mary Sue, let's start with you. Um, hi. hi, it's so, uh, thank you so much for zooming in this morning from LA. I know it's early, but I really want to talk to you. I mean, when the pandemic started, you and and Jamie and Diane, like a lot of women got together on both coasts to find ways to help support these women businesses. So tell us a little bit about the creation of Regarding Her. Well, definitely. You know, we were all negatively affected by COVID-19, but we, a lot of women just naturally are collaborators and started these weekly, monthly Zooms to share ideas about where to get a grant or mm-hmm. how how to, to pivot your business to, you know, doing to-go business when you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. But but what really happened was I realized and that this was so powerful and that we needed something bigger post-pandemic as well to really, you know, the power of women working together towards a larger vision is unequaled. You know, I've been lucky. I've had Susan Feniger as my business partner for 44 years. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes I'm really shocked to see that, you know, when I, the world that I entered in 1976 as a young chef on the South side of Chicago, it really hasn't changed as much as I would have thought in all these many years. So with regarding her, I am so excited, you know, um, when we unite all ethnicities and races and genders and age groups towards, you know, the mission of achieving parity with men in this mm-hmm. industry. Right. And when we have equal voice at the table, I think in return, the whole industry gets elevated. Well, all ships rise, right? Like that's what's so important. And I think what's also really important to sort of mention is that I think for a long time, and and not just um, the hospitality industry, but in a lot of industries, there wasn't a lot of trust among women with each other because like there was only allowed to be like one woman. Do you know what I mean? Like you could, they wouldn't, do you know what I'm saying? And now, like, especially with regarding her, but, but in general, there's women helping women, there's mentorship, there's like, oh, do you know this supplier? How can I help you? And I think that kind of openness and networking and, again, wanting everybody to succeed, it's not a competition. Do you know what I mean? So much so. And I, I've always felt, I mean, I was very blessed to come from the Midwest to Los Angeles, where 
I think we've had that that feeling for a long time. I mm -hmm. remember in the early days of our restaurants, the produce company didn't want to deliver to us because we were too tiny. Mm. We just had this little tiny order. And uh, Susan called Wolfgang Puck and said, hey, will you call your produce guy and make him work with us? And yeah, he, he did. Loved, I love know? that. So and now I think that the West Coast has that had that feeling for a long time. But, you know, D.C. is our first beta test of expanding regarding her. We have 800 uh, members in L.A. County and mm -hmm. North Orange County. In D.C., we have over 250 members. Mm. And um, I love it's interesting how each community has its own personality. I love how I learn from the D.C. community when I. I, when I hang out on Zooms with uh, the women there mm -hmm. and I bring ideas back to the LA community and vice versa. And it's really, um, it's a powerful, it's, it's really exciting. I really love that. Okay. We have to wrap up with you, Mary Sue. Just tell everybody where we can find you and regarding her because it is, it is a national collaboration. It is a national, yep. It's a national organization. We're mm -hmm. uh, on the, uh, on the internet at regarding her Org. Mm -hmm. And we we are excited about this upcoming Women's History Month Festival with collaborations all across both cities. And we're also looking to expand in the near future to another handful of cities that have we have lots of people who are interested from Hawaii to Mexico City, Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston, Miami. We will be expanding. But first, we want to make sure that D.C. and L.A. are, are rocking. Really Strong. Well, if you were here in studio, you would say it's totally rocking because we have so much food and so much good drink in here. It's like insane. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to hit Diane up right Thank now. You. Thanks so much. Thanks Sweet. for having me. Of Pleasure. course. Uh, Cork Market, Diane uh, Gross. She's been in studio a bunch of times. Um, she don't feel good today, but she's here anyway. Um, Diane, let's just talk a little bit about Cork. 16 years. Yeah. You were one of the first people to like head on to 14th Street and open up a restaurant concept. You help change the dynamic of that corridor. Talk a little bit about it. Back in the day. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we opened Cork 16 years ago in our neighborhood. And what we wanted was a fun place to go in, you know, our neighborhood. So mm -hmm. we think of it as a neighborhood place. And we still live in the neighborhood. Um, and it's evolved as, you know, originally a restaurant and wine bar. Now we have a wine store and cheese shop attached to it. Mm -hmm. And we've opened a new wine store and cheese shop in Spring Valley inside our good friend Ruth Gresser's Pizzeria Paradiso. And so it's just really a place for folks to come and explore wine in a really accessible way. We have descriptions up for every bottle so you know what you're going to be drinking and you know where it's from, what the varietal is, all of that, just so it's really easy for folks to explain. But you know, Wait, oh, no, sorry. no, no, I got a question. Yeah, no. Because regarding her is all about really lifting, you know, raising all those boats. When you went into the business, were you, you weren't a SOM, were you? No. I mean, you and Khaled started this thing. I mean, what did you know about wine? It just I'm a civil rights attorney. That was my background. I can see and, what you uh, learned about. You drank a lot. <laughs> we drank a lot. Um, Khaled worked for a labor union. So um, we started it because we loved wine. And we um, really explored wine together as a couple and started tasting and learning. And we had great people supporting us as we built this restaurant, including my sister, who's a chef, who helped us create our menus and... Um, you know, folks who knew wine and helped us sort of build our wine list. And then, you know, we've learned and grown it's with quite it. a leap from civil rights 
Quite a leap, yes. <laughs> here's what I think is interesting. What I think is really interesting is that you and, and uh, Ruth paired up. Yeah. Right? And I love the collaboration of the two of you saying, because that was during the pandemic, where Absolutely. you were like, I need help. And she was like, I need help. And you were right. like, let's help each other. Like peanut butter, you know, you got your chocolate and my peanut butter kind of thing. Do you right. know what I mean? That's like so much about what Regarding Her is all about, because mm-hmm. it's really creating this support, um, these collaborations, the ability to really work with each other in different dynamic ways, whether it's supporting a pop-up or moving into her restaurant, which I essentially did. Which I love. Um, And, you know, just so much support and um, so much just building on each other, giving each other the tools and skills and information we need. Tell me what we're drinking. So we're drinking a wine by a woman winemaker. And this was actually, the estate is run by two sisters whose great-great-grandmother bought the estate. It's in the Loire Valley. Everybody should and be cheersing. I don't know what's wrong with you people. It's bubbly. <laughs> Jamie it's, and I cheersed. Okay. Cheers, 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 cheers. It's a Cremant de Loire, a beautiful wine made in the champagne style. Right, I'm going to put a pin in you. Yeah. What kind of cheese are we eating with a Cremant? So we are eating a triple cream mm-hmm. called Kunick, um, which is a goat and cow's milk uh, triple cream from New York. It's so ooey gooey and gorgeous. So ooey gooey. It's got a little bit more acid than your typical triple cream. And because when we come back, milk. we're going to hear all about you, yes. cheese lady. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We have so many wonderful women in studio. We'll be back in just a sec. Okay, so anybody who knows me knows that if it's sports, I will watch it on TV, except for cricket. I don't do cricket. But I love going to watch my sports at Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. It's fabulous. They've got 21 TV screens down there. Uh, They've got a great selection of beers The food is terrific. They've got a dish called the Crazy Big Nachos that is exactly as described, and a Detroit-style deep-dish pizza that's just nuts. And there's nothing like watching a game, stuffing your face with a bunch of people that are enjoying it just like you are. Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. If you love sports and you love fun food, go there. We are back with David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. We're going to start this segment off with a bang. Vivian Bang. She's like, I have never heard that the owner one before. Lame Masubi. She's um, she's of Korean descent, but raised in the South, and she's got a fun take on on what was her favorite uh, childhood snack, handcrafted musubi. So, welcome to the show. Why don't you do a little four one one on you? That's better than what I just did. Please. So, my name is Vivian Bang. I am the owner and founder of Lay Musubi, mm-hmm. um, and we specialize in gourmet Hawaiian style rice balls. Um, a lot of the ingredients we actually source locally, uh, minus the spam, which is like the mystery meat. Um, <laughs> but can we talk about about these like rice balls and sort of why you love them so much and what you're doing to them to bring them to the D.C. market? Yeah. So um, this is actually my favorite childhood snack um, mm-hmm. recreated into my own version uh, when I first made it, I made it for my now husband, um, then boyfriend. And when he took the first bite, he was like, Viv, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do something about this. So I... Can you explain to people what it is yeah. exactly? Yeah. So um, so there's a little bit of texture in there, but it's made with crispy rice, mm-hmm. um, sticky rice. And then we crisp it up with a little bit of sesame oil, um, toast it on the griddle, and then we coat it with uh, unagi drizzle, furikake, 
which consists of nori flakes, black, white sesame seeds, and sea salt. And I know then, it sounds strangely sexual, but go ahead. <laughs> and then it's huh, wrapped it's the around. Oddest word. You know every time I wait, hear wait, it, I over every this time one. I hear it, I think like, is that on a porno site? Like, what <laughs> is that? I don't know. When I rolled over this morning and said good morning, she said that sounds strangely sexual. Um, right. Thank you, Tiffany. You better exactly. pass one of those bad boys over here because okay. it's going to be tasty. So no. So, but you're a small business owner. How do you execute your business? Um, so we typically sell out of farmers markets. Okay. Through Fresh Farm, uh, the main market that we're at is uh, Brookland in the Arts Walk um, on Saturdays from nine to one. Mm-hmm. But we typically opt out of the winter season and start back up in April. Okay. So are people like? Do you cater? Like, are, how are people able to engage with you and your fabulous products? So we've catered in the past, um, but it definitely hasn't met our expectations only because we crisp up the rice. Mm. And when it's being delivered, the rice on the outside kind of gets a little soggy, mm. um, as well as the seaweed, which gets wilted. Mm. Okay. Oh, I get it, crazy. but it's so good. Everybody's oh enjoying God. it. So the one that you're having is the Jamaican so jerk chicken. Okay. Yeah. How oh. many products do you have? Uh, so we have 30 different flavors that we wow. rotate. Yes. Okay. And what, how, so how did you become involved with regarding her? Um, so I joined a couple years back. I stumbled upon the Instagram page and then read a little about it on the website. And I was thinking like, man, I really wish I had this when I started my business about five and a half years ago. Networking. Right. Being able to talk with people. Right, right. And just how important it is to have that kind of support, let alone women-owned um, businesses and entrepreneurs. Agreed. Yeah. I um, mean, when I started my business, when I started the list, are you on it, com, I... I didn't know what I was doing. I certainly didn't have any women to talk to. Like, there was nobody who I didn't have. I found women, and we became each other's brain trust. One of them is in here right now. But, I mean, like, we all worked together. But I I did not have a guiding light, which is why I love regarding her and what its sort of, what its ethos can be. You know what I mean? Right. And Uh, what are you doing during the month of March? um, So during the month of March, I will be teaching a Le Masubi cooking class at Rice Market D.C., Oh, that spot is so cute. Yes. Very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be cooking and conversation. Um, I'll be teaching the attendees how to make two of um, our most popular item on the menu, which is the OG. Um, that That's actually filled with smoked kimchi and then Hawaiian caramelized spam on the outside. Oh, God, so good. <laughs> and um, so... When is that class? Do we March seventh? Okay, uh, from six to eight p.m. Okay, and we can get all the tickets for that at the Regarding Her website. We'll yes. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the show, we'll do it. Of course, everything is on the list. com, so <laughs> you can also find it there as well. Um, well, thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's um, very exciting to hear about your business and your business model and uh, your growth. And um, I think we should talk about ways that you can cater that would make it easier because it's so gorgeous and delicious. It should thank be in more you. people's hands. It is definitely. Delicious. Thank you. <laughs> Diane, Diane, that love. I love a cremant, and that was delicious. Before you pour, um, I want to talk a little bit to Alice. So, Alice, yeah. how'd you get in the cheese business? Uh, a long, circuitous route. Um, originally, I uh, moved to D.C. because I was a political science major, and that's what you do oh, when you graduate. We were all I know, majors. weren't we? Um, but when I moved here, I always had food jobs on the side because D.C. is an expensive place to live. And I actually started off in a coffee shop, actually not very far from where Diane's uh, Cork Market is on 14th Street. It's no longer there. But mm-hmm. that job really taught me about tasting more professionally, that food could be a career and not just a side hustle. Um, and then uh, my next job, 
um, I, there was a cheese counter and the cheesemonger quit about two weeks after I started. And I was like, you know, I like cheese. I like cheese. I don't know. <laughs> I lived in France when I was in college. I come from a very food and cheese oriented family. So I jumped right in and that was so let's just talk a little bit about the business model. Like yes. you have like a minute and a half. Like okay. tell us a little bit about how you like going to people's houses uh -huh. and setting up cheese and then doing cheese demos and cheese classes. Like it's such a to me, it's such a no brainer. Like if you're having a dinner party or even a brunch or something like mm -hmm. as an activation, right. totally. how much fun that you is. know, yeah. so I love that. So talk a little bit about how that works. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, basically, I show up on people's doorsteps with cheese. Oh my I, God, I um, love, I, you are my new best friend. I, I don't even know it. what to do I with you. I love it. Yeah. Right? I mean, basically, when I, I started my business, I wanted to take the things that I loved about working in cheese, which for me were doing big, crazy cheese displays and cheese education classes and then kind of get rid of all the rest. And so that means that, yeah, I show up at people's offices or homes or events or whatever, and I set up big displays, or I do cheese one-on-one classes, cheese and beverage pairing classes, cheese board building classes, um, and teach people about cheese. Um, and it's it's really fun. I really enjoy it. It sounds amazing. Okay, so what are we drinking, and what kind wait, of cheese wait, are we having? Before you go, yes. for the, your favorite cheese in the world is... Ooh. Oh, that's like picking a child. No, no, no. I, I, I can answer it. I can answer it. Four uh, disappointments the, and one winner. That's the cheese it, no. that I will never, ever say no to mm -hmm. is Colston Bassett Stilton. So it's the last that's hand. That's a blue. It's a blue, but yeah, it's what I like me. to call a Alice, gateway blue. I don't like blue. you as much anymore. It's a gateway it's okay. blue. Okay. It's not as aggressive <laughs> as you as you think. A gateway um, blue? <laughs> Aren't there other exactly. cheeses? Do I have to eat blue? Well, okay, so Colston Bassett, last hold, handmade Stilton left in the world. It mm -hmm. is delicious, super creamy, super silky. It's a cheese first and a blue second. Okay. Um, if you don't like blue, Rush Creek Reserve, which is the sister cheese to the cheese that we are about to eat from okay. Upland's Cheese Company in Wisconsin. Okay. Diane, what are you pouring? So I'm pouring Jacquer, which is the varietal. It's from the Savoie region. This is made by a woman winemaker named Alexandra, uh -huh. and um, it's an unusual pairing. But this is like a mountain a mountain cheese that you mm -hmm. would get all over Europe. So we decided to pair it with a mountain wine. The wine is gorgeous. Um, so this is right right on the Alps. Beautiful. Great. Thank you so much, Jamie Leeds, hello, founder hello. proprietor of the world famous Hank's Oyster Bar, and yeah. my my collaborator in eating everything that's up here on the Yeah, so much delicious <laughs> food so, here today. Jamie, My. it's been a minute since you've been in. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Hank's and sort of where you are right now and what's happening with your company and how you've grown and how you've also really become this huge you've always been a part of education like women chefs and restaurateurs like and they don't but like you yeah. you're really a leader for the women in this community. So let's start first with your business and then let's talk about how that, that role sort of happened for you. Okay. Stop looking at your notes. It's look at uh, me. It's, uh, see, I was born in a law No cabin. small fee. Yeah, yeah, where do you want me to start? So we're going on, we're going to go on 20 years for Hanks in mm -hmm. 2025. So that's a Amazing. huge, huge deal. Mm -hmm. um, the Q Street location, the original location. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible journey. I've always wanted to, you know, be a mentor and help out other women in the industry. It's always been a goal of mine to help out people in general and make people happy. And that's, you know, the beauty of being in this business. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, I have three restaurants now. I have the 
DuPont, original DuPont. I have the wharf and I have the Old Town location in northern Old Town now. We moved from the original King Street location during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, things are, are going strong. Thank God we're here and, and survived COVID. But let's and... talk about how you became a part of Regarding Her. Okay, and... so that was happened during COVID. Right. So if, if there's any silver lining or any good thing that came out of COVID, it's this. Sure. And it's the camaraderie that we have with the other women uh, in the in the area, restaurant owners, um, hospitality owners, that, you know, we have a place to commiserate together now. And it, it started... You know, Diane and Ruth and Micheline Mendelssohn really hmm. um, brought her to us. We had started all talking together just during COVID and sharing, you know, well, our Because you guys were already doing activations together, right? You, like, yeah, were doing for, the gift yeah. baskets or, like, yeah, we let's were. grow products. We were as, as a D.C. group. Right. Um, yeah, we were doing that. Um, and then um, Reher was more of a formulation, more more organized, more of an organization where it wasn't just like, you know, we're just getting together to do something. It was more, there were more goals, more... Intentional. Intentional, yes. Um, so can we talk so, about for a second, like what I think is really interesting about how you're all working together is that it's not specific to women restaurateurs or women chefs. It's all people in the hospitality industry. So, like Vivian is like a little maker. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, it's more. It's, yeah, it's we really try to reaching reach out, out, reach out to the younger crew, the ones that are up and coming that need help mm-hmm. with growing their businesses. You know, mm-hmm. at first we started just targeting women owners, owners and founders, so that we could help that specific group because there's really no one out there doing that. You know, it's it's you know we wanted to create a, a pipeline for people to get some information and. You know, it's anywhere from I need a hot water heater, I need an electrician, I need at the last minute on a Saturday, and that literally <laughs> happened this past week, um, to, um, you know, how do I find money and, you know, all that kind of big how stuff, too. How do I get too. through the D.C. permitting system? Yeah, exactly. I know, but that kind of stuff. having people so, to help you usher. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't have that 20 years ago when right. I started. Like, you didn't have it as much. And, right. Um, and it's not a complaint. It's it's no. an, just an observation. Yeah, it's just and it's, it's the just changing something of, that needs to be addressed. I love it. Okay, know? tell us some of the events that you're okay, going to be so doing. Okay, so in Old Town, Northern Old Town. So I renovated that building and I have a second floor mm-hmm. event space, and we've created second floor sessions. Great. So it's a place to collaborate with other people that I try to offer to um, people to um, showcase their talents and their mm-hmm. wares. So. In the month of March, we're doing women, collaborating with women for Women's History Month, mm-hmm. and we're doing um, we're doing a pupusa making class. Um, Just list them off. Amateur, okay, we're doing, take a break. we're doing Thompson Italian dinner. We're doing beer versus wine with Zena with Zena Poland and mm. um, Old Ox Brewery. We're doing a seascape watercoloring class that was huge last year. Um, and then uh, in DuPont, we're doing, we activated Q Street, so we've created the up bar and the outdoor patio to do things like we're doing... Um, Tell me one. We're doing a, te- we're doing a combination um, Beyonce <laughs> and um, Taylor Swift um, drink. So one is called Texas Hold'em, and the other one for Taylor is called My Boyfriend Won the Super Bowl. Okay, great. <laughs> On that note, Jamie Leeds, Hank's Oyster Bar. We're going to take a quick break. This is David and Nikki Nellis. There's a lot of women in here, and we have a lot to say. We'll be There's back in just a minute. I can't get a word in. <laughs> I told him not to come today. <laughs> All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We are talking to lots of powerful women in the hospitality industry. 
because this is Women's History Month. Well, it's going to be Women's History And this is a show about food, so it made sense to talk to women in food. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that. Joining us now is Patrice Cleary. She's the chef owner of the very famous Purple Patch restaurant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Soon to open Joya Burger. I want to mention that in D.C. But um, Purple Patch has become a thing, hasn't it? So why don't you talk a little about your background? Okay, Purple Wait. Patch hasn't become a thing. Purple Patch has always been a thing I know, since but the when, day it's opened its I doors. I understand, but when Tom Seedsima names you numero uno, it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it became a thing. Pressure I'm, is what it I'm, is, right? I'm very fortunate and lucky um, that it became a thing at the time. Um, you know, this has been, as, as you said, Nikki, it, it, this has been a long time in the making. I started, uh, March 17th will be nine years for me, um, and I started... Uh, you know, food that really wasn't very popular. We were considered kind of the first Filipino but let's restaurant. Tell people, right. So it was a Filipino restaurant. So tell people about sort of your concept and what you were trying to do. So my concept really is just, um, you know, representing authentically who I am. And I'm Filipino, American, Irish. Um, I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I'm not trying to be overly Filipino. Where did they meet? In France? Somewhere in the Philippines? <laughs> in, in the Philippines. Um, I am Filipino-born. Um, my mom was considered a Filipino chef growing up. Um, mm-hmm. She cooked all things Filipino that she could in the home, um, outside the home. Um, it wasn't as much. And so I really learned how to cook for my mom. And then my uncle, um, Lebanese uncle, um, he was a chef and restaurant owner as well. Yeah, I just, your future's in the United Nations. You okay, know so, you got, so you got the cooking bug or you got the restaurant tour bug? Like, which hit you first? You know, I... Um, I spent eight years in the Marine Corps, and then I worked in finance. Mm-hmm. And I realized after I kind of stepped away from the restaurant industry, because I, I took a different path. I wanted to take a break for a moment. I didn't want it an inbox. So, you know, I, I got into the restaurant industry literally as a bartender. Mm. I stepped away and uh, became a wife and a stay-at-home mom, a supporter, and realized, like, I had more in me than just doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I decided to, you know, open up my restaurant, it was really taking a leap of faith. One day I was a stay-at-home mom. The next day I was a restaurateur slash chef teaching right. everybody about Filipino food. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, I'm going to kind of intertwine this with regarding her. It's huge that we have such a support system for each other as women because there is no one-on-one book. Um, and it's very intimidating. Um, it's um, it's very insular. You feel very lonely at times because mm-hmm. Nobody wants to share your insecurities with people. Um, you don't want to let other people know what you don't know. And right. sometimes I say to myself, and I have to talk myself out of this, it's like, I have no business being in business, but yet I'm in business for nine years. Oh, right. the imposter syndrome. You know? right. oh, I mean, yeah. But you don't want to say that. You don't want to say imposter syndrome because then you kind of you lean into, into that. that. Yes. I, I don't believe it's the imposter syndrome. I feel it's our own fears getting the best of us, mm-hmm. and it's natural for us to have those fears, but how do we overcome them? We overcome them by having a strong woman, a strong support group, and a lot of times that's people that understand what we're going through. We're not just chefs and restaurateurs. We're moms. We're caretakers. We're mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, all of the above, and we have to compartmentalize this all in one day. Yes. Agreed. So, so in launching your restaurant, um, it's been around now. And 
but now you've, you're opening up another restaurant. So let's yes. talk a little bit about that and what you're doing. <laughs> so um, I live in Mount Pleasant. Uh-huh. I love the community. Uh, my first restaurant, Purple Patch, is in the same community. And I've been a part of this community since 2003. Mm-hmm. There has never been a dedicated spot for burgers. Um, I think that it's just something that is hugely a huge missed opportunity Mm -hmm. because every child wants to have a memory of and it's great that we have all these new restaurants opening up but you know as a child I craved a burger sometimes I love burgers and so I I saw a void in the market and I said I'm gonna make smash burgers which are the little thin patties uh, with soft serve ice cream and Mm. and fries Um, I'm gonna serve one ice cream and that's ube um, paying homage Mm. to being Filipino we have some is that ube over there? Yes, yes right? It's <laughs> an ube cake, too. Yeah, it's it's just a great flavor. It's very subtle. And, you know, it helps educate people at the same time they're enjoying something that's very nostalgic. Right. I love that. So what's the joya? When's the opening? Um, first week of March. I love that. So I want to say what also I think is really you interesting. Tomorrow? <laughs> I know, next week. But you know what I think is really interesting? Like, Diane and you both lived in a neighborhood and saw a void. You're like, I live here, and I want something here. And I think that's a very uh, female way of looking at things. Like, instead of, you know, like, you see a hole, and you're like, I'm going to fill it. You know, you know what I mean? A lot of times, it's you look at what you don't have, and you want to create sustainability. Mm-hmm. And um, the pandemic really taught me that, is I took a part of my restaurant and open up a butcher's market because we didn't have, you know, the neighbors didn't have access to meat. And I felt horrible that I have all this access to meat as a restaurateur. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to open up a butcher's market. I think sustainability within your community and being able to give back to those closest to you first is, is most important. They're your family. Well, Well, because I think they'll support you too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now when did you become a part of regarding her and how, what are you doing for this month? So I am the newest, probably, member of Recording Her. And um, Tiffany from Buttercream Bake Shop is the one that kind of pulled me in. She's like, hey, I don't see you here, (laughs) and why aren't you here? The the reason being is uh, being Filipina, I have so many obligations to my community, meaning Mm -hmm. like an Asian community. There's so much responsibility for me as not only a woman, but being Filipino and representing other organizations within the Philippine community. Mm -hmm. So when she asked me, I said, absolutely. Um, Anything that I can do to help support, mentor, or even get support from other women is important. You can do both. You can be a mentor and also be a mentee at this, right? You always need to learn, right? I'm a sponge. I, I, you know, when I got invited to um, have dinner, um, brunch with the vice, uh, with the president of the Philippines, a lot of people questioned, why are you doing that? And I said, I just want to have a seat at the table. Absolutely. I want to hear. Wait, wait, was that Duterte or? Yes. When he came, I was one of the 12 to 15 people that got invited to have brunch with him at the vice president's house. And I just wanted to be there. I want to be in the presence yes. of because be I the wanted to be the earshot of a conversation. I agree. If you get invited once, chances are you might be on that list again. Agreed. So smart. Okay. So um, tell us what you're doing for this. Well, I am so honored because um, Chef Amy Renway from Santa um, and Tiffany asked me if I wanted to be a part of a dinner that they're hosting at Centralina. It's a four-course meal, mm-hmm. and it's wine and cocktails um, the that are paired. 11th, right? 10th. 10th. Yeah. It's a Sunday? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, just to know the lineup, um, which, again, I'm so honored to be a part of. But it's Chef Amy, Chef Rochelle from Duck and Peach, mm-hmm. uh, uh, famous mixologist Gina from Buffalo and Burden. Gina Chorsavani. Yes. Um, from L.A., it's um, regarding her founding board member, Kimberly Prince of oh. um, Nashville Hot Chicken, which I can't wait <laughs> to be a part of, like, her tasting. Okay. And- All right. I'm going to put a pin in you <laughs> because I have to go back to Diane and Alice. Um, tell everybody, please, where they can find you, either online or on Instagram. So online, you can find us at Purple Patch DC and mm-hmm. Instagram as well, Purple Patch DC. But you can also come to 3155 Mount Pleasant Street to come to Purple Patch or Joya Burger at 3213 Mount Pleasant Street. Thank you so much. It's mm-hmm. so exciting. All right. Diane and Alice. Okay, David, go ahead. Well, I have a question because when when I was talking about pairing wines and, you know, pairing wines with meals and cheese and all that. Is there a science to it, or is it all experiential? In other words, is 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 there something where, based on what the, how the cheese is made, et cetera, et cetera, sort of have a sense it'll go with this kind of wine, or is it just we've done it so often we know what works and this is what we're gonna put in front of you? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank so you. I mean, when we were getting ready for this, Alice was like, "This, this cheese, and maybe this wine," and I was like, "We're gonna take it in a different route," which the next pairing actually shows is trying new things all the time and seeing mm-hmm. what goes well, unexpected things, surprises. Um, we mixed a mountain wine with a wine made in the U.S., but in a mountain style. So, it, you know, we're always trying new things because the surprise well, pairings are the best. The reason I ask is because, you know, there are these creamy cheeses that are so good. They, they go with anything. I could rub them all over my right, face. Right, 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 right. <laughs> rub them all over, perhaps my body. But, but, um, there but we are, don't have to get into that. We cheeses. already talked about porn sites. I don't think we need to go into <laughs> it anymore, right? That's later, honey. We, uh, we um, we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we go to the cheese thing at Whole Foods, and I, I love cheeses that I know this sounds weird, but they kind of smell like tennis shoes, you know. Oh yeah, five percent stinky like, cheese, stinky but, cheese. Stinky but but when you have the right wine with them, like you know, a really stinky one with a, um, uh, a you know, a red from Mount Etna or something like that, it just mm-hmm. changes the whole. Exactly. Context of exactly. it. Exactly. And there are common pairings like the Cremant that we poured with the Kunick, which is, you know. It cuts the fat. Yeah, yeah. it cuts the fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, goat cheese with Loire Valley Whites is like made in heaven pairing. Um, but you always want to try new things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next pairing, I think, will show that too. Okay, so before we get into the pairing, um, Alice, I'm just a little curious. Yes. Um, when you're doing your thing mm-hmm. and you come to somebody's house, are you? do you suggest wines for people to buy? Like, That's how right. Do, talk a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so I bring all the non-alcoholic factors. So mm-hmm. cheese, if we're doing a cheese board building class, I'll bring all the accompaniments, all that stuff. If we're doing a wine or a beer or a whiskey or whatever tasting, Mm -hmm. I'll send a suggested shopping list. So that way people can sort of pick and choose, um, you know, things that are going to go with the cheeses that I bring, but aren't so specific that they have to go to this one place 50 miles away in order to get it. So trying to make things accessible, but, um, you know, expanding people's minds and palates as to what can go with what. I love that. Okay. So speaking of that, what are we pairing? You want to talk about the okay, so I'll talk about the cheese first. So first okay. we have Blue d'Auvergne, which is a um, traditional French cheese from the Auvergne region, which is also where Roquefort comes from. Mm-hmm. Roquefort is a sheep's milk blue, so it's a little bit funkier, a little bit gamier. This is cow's milk, so it's a little bit creamier, not quite so aggressive. And then we have paired it I, with. I actually call this the gateway blue because oh, I think that everybody <laughs> likes this because it's so creamy and delicious. Yeah. 
So often we pair blue cheese with dessert wines, but here we're pairing it with a red wine because I, I think people drink red wine more often than they drink dessert wine. Uh-huh. And we came up with this little gem. It's a Pinot Noir from Germany. Uh, the winemaker is Christine Lucas, and it's uh, the wine is Lukasov wine from the Faltz area. And it has a lot of fruit in it, and that okay. we thought would pair really nicely with the fruit essence from the blue cheese. Okay, we're going to take a quick break um, while you pour that wine. And then when we come back, I want to talk about how you guys are both participating with all the activations happening this month uh, for regarding her. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We've got all these boss babes in studio. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's barely David Nellis. Yes. <laughs> we'll be. And look at the white man just like shrink it away, <laughs> complaining. We'll be back in just a sec. so mean. <laughs> all right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're still talking wine and cheese. Delicious wine and cheese. So Diane uh, from Cork. And Alice, the cheese monster. Um, let's talk about what, how you guys are participating. Women's History Month regarding her is doing all these events and activations. How are you guys doing it? So, you know, we do classes all the time at Cork. And um, the idea came up to do a, a cheese and wine pairing and really talk about the pairing process mm-hmm. so that people aren't necessarily pairing the thing that's normal or usual or the usual suspect, trying mm-hmm. new things. And that's how it came up. So on March 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a joint class. Yeah, it's exciting. So we're going to be featuring five different uh, cheeses paired with five different wines. All of the products are all going to be women-made. Mm. Um, cheese is a very women-heavy uh, field, field World. industry, the history. You know, women were cheesemakers. That was women's work. And so there's a lot of amazing women-made cheeses that we're going to highlight along with some women-made wines as well. Well, and I love that. And and really, in the wine world, that has changed drastically, right? Like, drastically. there's so many new women wine owners, yeah. wine makers. I mean, when I started, I left the law to open a restaurant, and I thought that I was leaving something that was all men to go something that was more women, and I was totally wrong. Right. Um, I remember actually sitting in Jamie's kitchen when I was planning the restaurant to learn about the process of the kitchen because there was nowhere else to really learn it, to know mm-hmm. about it. So the wine world has really changed a lot, both with women in the profession as SOMs, wine directors. Uh, D.C. is exploding that way mm-hmm. and um, and also within wineries around the world. And, you know, we feature old world wines. So it's been a little slower than I would say New World has been sure. to um, increase women's representation. But it's definitely there. And um, a lot of the inheritance laws have sort of been thrown by the wayside as more women are taking over wineries in France and Italy and Spain and really just doing remarkable things. I love it. Okay, you guys are so amazing. Just tell everybody where they can find you quickly because I want to make sure we get that. Uh, CorkDC.com or 1805 14th Street Mm -hmm. is where Cork uh, 14th Street is. And then at Spring Valley, we're inside Pizzeria Paradiso on Mass Ave. Excellent. And Cheese Monster? And yeah, you can find um, me at CheeseMonsterDC.com or Mm -hmm. at CheeseMonsterDC on all the social things. I think we need a children's cartoon show. I know. I feel like we need like a GIF for you. Oh, and like I'm a the sad monster. Really? Right? I yeah. love that. Right. That's adorable. Is it, right. is it so Tiffany's cute. time? It is Tiffany's well, time. Well, all right. Tiffany McIsaac. Uh, is Tiffany the... t- well, if I can before you introduce her. No. She put this whole thing together today. Yes, she, she put this she whole did. show together. She's been working very hard with regarding her. And look to... at her. Look at her. She put herself together, too. She, she looks it's amazing. a miracle. <laughs> but she's helped execute all these events that are going to be happening this month. So, Tiff, like. 
tell us. You can say what you want to say. Go well, ahead. I just want to say, you know, when when Buttercream Bake Shop closed its doors because you decided to do other stuff, I cried. Mm-hmm. Because that muffin with the scrambled eggs and bacon inside is the greatest thing that since... That was a good one. It was a good one. It's the greatest thing since sex. Too. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Back right. on sex? Yeah, but I like you know, sex. Okay. But you know, what I'm doing now is just so rewarding. It's like, it was such a hard time. It's, I think people think, you know, oh, COVID's over. Things are back to normal. But they really don't realize that the restaurant industry and many industries, in fact, are really struggling now because the government assistance is over. Mm-hmm. There's so many new issues that have presented themselves. And so I really wanted to make a change in my life. And now I just get to help women business owners keep their businesses running and successful. And that's well, and I, amazing. I think that is a really good touchstone for how you became a part of Regarding Her. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk a little bit about that and then how you were able, because listen, we are women. We all work together well. We're not easy. So, you know, hurting hurting cats a little bit. And, you know, creating the, I mean, the amount of events that are happening in and around the city over the next month must have been some sort of hurdle to accomplish. So let's just talk about how that came together and what people can look forward to. You know, actually, it wasn't a huge hurdle to accomplish because I really focused on trying to put smaller businesses with bigger businesses, and everybody was so on board with that. Because mm. I do think that most of the women in D.C. are just really all about supporting and, like, holding the door open for people behind them. I can honestly say that. So, I mean, I, you know, Patrice said something earlier. She said she took a leap of faith when she was opening her business. And for me, I think that's what Regarding Her is all about. It's about helping women feel confident enough and arming them with the tools to just bet on themselves. Mm-hmm. That's that's the hardest thing to do and. Taking that leap of faith is so difficult, but nine times out of ten, it's going to work out. Betting on yourself is the best thing you can do. Well, but not only that, knowing that this organization exists and it's a real place for people to talk. I mean, Jamie Mm -hmm. said it earlier, right? Like finding money. How do you, you know, getting permits. Like some of the things, you don't have to do it alone. Absolutely. And, you know, Patrice said it also. She was like, I was afraid to ask for help. I didn't want to look like I didn't know what I was doing. But it's okay to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I think it's, knowing what you don't know is a really important part of success. Well, I, I want to say to Patrice, do you know how awesome it is yeah. to be quoted in your own lifetime? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knowing what you don't know is really important. Mm-hmm. And finding people that know it that are willing to help you is mm-hmm. so much easier than you think mm-hmm. once you start asking. And so I'd like to open this up a little bit to everybody. Because now that we're, I mean, Jimmy, you've been a part of the industry. You and I sort of came up together. And then, you know, Diane came on board and Tiff and Patrice and Alice. I mean, let's talk about some of the, like, hurdles you had in the beginning that you now, like, you're so grateful. Like, I'm grateful for where I am now because I have so, I have a brain trust of people that I can really pick up the phone and be like, what did you do? How'd you do it? Like, can you all sort of, like, speak to that a we little bit? We literally have a group text of about 10 women that is added <laughs> every single day yep. with things that we need help up. with. Something every single up. day. Mm-hmm. It's wild. I mean, well, and I think it all came together a lot more cohesively during COVID, where we all started sort of reaching out and like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Is this happening to you? Because mm-hmm. this sucks, right? So right. it was like yeah. definitely that collaboration and support. And now it's really just blossomed and obviously blossomed in a more structured way with ReHer and in a way that is more even more helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't, I mean. There wasn't. I just, so yeah. something that happened to me when I first opened Hanks in 2005 on Q Street, 
Um, I was approached by the neighborhood and I was asked to have some coffee and one of the neighborhood, one of the neighbors was talking to me about what I was going to do. It was before I opened and I was getting licensing and certifications and everything. So I thought he was being nice and wanting to have a cup of coffee and he was really trying to find out if I was opening a, like a dance club or a bar or he was trying to get information from me and it turned out that he protested my license oh my to the God. ANC. And that was a whole lot of red tape and having to navigate that and getting shut down, my patio getting shut down and have, you know not getting open on time. And I had no one to talk to about that, you mm -hmm. know. And today, if that would have happened, I'd be I'd like, you know, pick up the phone and text and I'd have like 10 people, you know, the texts going back and forth and back and forth of what to do. So, you know, it's we've come a long way. And like mm -hmm. Mary Sue said earlier, we haven't come far enough in this much time, sure. but we have come a long way with the support that we're giving each other. Well, so. I think the support for each other is uh, such a step forward. Yeah, like really I, is. You know, like yeah. I, Jamie, for, for you and somebody like me, like when I think about when I started in the business world, not even in this industry, but it just, women did not support women. We did not elevate each other. And I think I said it to Mary Sue, like it's because there was only one woman allowed in the room, right? right? Yeah. So if you were the only one, you had- There weren't a, that many. Right? And you, you were so busy trying to stay right. there. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So you were like, you can't come in because I want to be here. And right. I appreciate feeling that way. But now it's like, I don't know. Let's get us more, more of us in there. So on that point, Tiffany, please tell everybody some of the big events, like because there's almost something every day. Yeah, there's so many events. I mean, it's everything from one-day events to week-long events to month-long events. So mm -hmm. there's biscuit. Yep. So there's individual dinners happening. Um, uh, Jamie is hosting a few at Hanks. We've mm -hmm. got the one at Centralina. Um, there's the cooking classes going on. There's the class going on at um, at Diane's at Cork with Diane and Alice. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, Bay Beignets is popping up from, they're coming down from Baltimore and popping up a colada shop. Oh, uh, Preservation Biscuits has a different chef coming out every week to do a different biscuit sandwich. There's so many things, and they're actually not just in D.C. proper. There's things in Annapolis, things in Falls Church, things in Fairfax. So you can really find something close to you wherever you are. Mm. Um, if you go to regardingherfood.org, mm -hmm. um, there's a page that has all of the events on it. If there's tickets to pre-purchase for the event, you can link to them there. And then if you are in D.C., you can follow Regarding Her DC on Instagram. We post everything there as well. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in D.C. or L.A., because there's a lot of events in L.A. too, and you're listening, go ahead and sign up for the mailing list anyways, because even though right now we're only in D.C. and L.A., They're this expanding. is going to be expanding. So mm -hmm. you never know when it's going to come to your neighborhood, and you'll want to be in the know. Absolutely. All right, great. On that, David, go ahead, do your thing, All right, and then I'll two do things mine. very quickly. Um, there's a lot of misery in the world, so remember to donate. I don't care if it's the price of a cup of coffee to Red Crescent, Red Cross, to Jose. You know, there are a lot of refugees and all that, but in particular— I want to urge everybody to call Congress, and I, even if you're in the district, you can call the Speaker's office or write them. The fact that we aren't supporting Ukraine now is just—it's so stupid. Okay. And all right, so because if they lose, we're all screwed. Okay. okay. Thank you for that. Okay, uh, for that PSA. And March is going to be Women's. History Month, and there are so many ways in and around the D.C. area to celebrate it. Go to the list, com, the online scene that tells you everything happening in the D.C. metro area. Of course, you want to follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, Instagram, Facebook, X, 
um, LinkedIn, all the platforms. And don't forget, Industry Night is now on YouTube. And of course, you can download it on all the podcast platforms. Check out the most recent show. It's at the Cuban Embassy, and it's pretty fabulous. Um, thanks for joining us today. She did not bring home cigars, by the way. I did not. Thanks for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you to all of our guests. What an amazing show. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Everybody have a delicious week. <laughs>